Welcome back to another episode. I am Keeler Bryson, your host and founder of Teachable Life Moments. Hey, are you in the market for a career change or are you a college student who's recently graduated from college and you're looking for a job? Or are you currently a business owner who's looking to expand your clientele? If so, today's episode is for you. You know, um, when we're trying to grow our business or if we are trying to you know, obtain a job, especially if we're like a recent college graduate or we're trying to change careers, one of the best ways to do that is to sell yourself. And when you sell yourself, typically it's done in 30 seconds or less. And when you are selling yourself, the whole point is to leave people wanting more so that you stand out and in the end gain the opportunity that you are seeking. And basically that is called an elevator pitch. Yes, it's basically a quick synopsis of your background and your experience. Um, And the reason it's called an elevator pitch is because you should be able to present your pitch during a brief elevator ride. And when it's done right, this short little speech should help introduce yourself, your career, your business um, in a compelling way. So what is your elevator pitch. If I was to ask you to present your elevator pitch to me, what would you say? Do you know how to do that? If you were pitching me as a potential client, what are some things that you would say to compel me to want to know more? If you are a recent college graduate, what are some things that you would say to compel me to want to hear more about what your skills are and how they can benefit my company. Um, An elevator pitch is all about you. It's who you are, it's what you do and what you want to do. Your elevator pitch is a way to share your expertise, you know, your credentials quickly and effectively with people who you don't know. And a lot of times this can be very, very uncomfortable Uh, especially if you've never done it before, you would think it would be easy to do, especially since we're talking all about you and your expertise and your credentials. But um, we are finding that a lot of times it's not as easy as it seems. And so today's episode is designed to help us spruce up our elevator pitches so that we can land the deal, land the job, And so that we can perfect our presentations to potential clients. Because if we struggle telling folks who we are and what we do and how they can benefit them, then um, we increase the chance of not getting the business, not getting the job because we were not able to effectively express what it is we're after. So when and how should you use an elevator pitch? When you are searching for a job, um, you can use an elevator pitch at places like a job fair, um, certainly on your online profile, such as like LinkedIn or um, Twitter is a good place to put in your bio. Um, 
An elevator pitch is a great way to not only introduce yourself, but it also helps helps you to gain confidence in introducing yourself to hiring managers and potential clients. Because we know that when we meet folks for the first time, first impression depend on how well it is will determine whether or not there will be a um, a longer impression. <laughs> and so we certainly want to make sure that that first impression is awesome and that we nail it. Um, you can use your elevator pitch at networking events, uh, mixers. A lot of times if you're attending a professional association event or any type of gathering, have your pitch ready, you know, so that you can share with those that you meet. Um, there are a number of networking events that happen, it happen every weekend. And if you are in the market for growing your business, then these are some places where you would want to go and you definitely want to have your elevator pitch spruced up so that your presentation will be one that customers, potential customers, potential clients, employers will want to bring you on board uh, to be a part of their team. Um, as I said, elevator pitches can be used during job interviews. You know, and this this is so true because if you've ever gone to a job interview, one of the questions that you can expect is, tell me about yourself. And oh my goodness, sometimes a lot of folks <laughs> freeze up at that point because you know, we know a lot about everybody else and a whole lot about a whole lot of other things. But one of the questions that I have found that stumps a lot of people is when you ask them, you know, tell me about yourself. And so when someone, an interviewer or potential client, because sometimes even with a potential client, they may ask you that question because they want to first build a rapport with you. They want to figure out and learn who are you? What is your background? They're trying to get to know you on a personal level and just trying to see if the relationship is a perfect match. Um, so, but when you're giving your elevator pitch, the main thing is to keep it super condensed. Um, so, but yet effective and full of enough information where people are interested in, uh, in asking you for more. So now that we know what an elevator pitch is, what do you say? <laughs> you know, this is critical to the elevator speech. Uh, when you're pitching yourself and pitching your business, pitching your idea, um, the first thing you want to do is you want to restrict your speech to 30 to 60 seconds. Now, if you are a long-winded person, this will be a challenge for you. But believe it or not, you can tell a person a whole lot about yourself in 30 to 60 seconds. You know, if you are pitching for a job, um, you don't have to include your entire work history and your career objectives. Your, you know, your pitch should be short. Recap of who you are and what you do. Now, here's the second thing that your, your speech or your pitch should include. You know, it, you need to make it persuasive. Now, after all, because you are selling yourself, and if you're a business owner, you are selling a service. If you are trying to get a client to 
partake of a new service that you are offering, you've got to be persuasive. Now, the thing about being persuasive, you want to be persuasive in a way that's mutually beneficial. Sometimes you can hear someone pitching an idea or pitching a new product or what have you. And when you, you know, listen to what they're saying, you're thinking, wow, this doesn't benefit me at all. You are very persuasive in what you're saying, but I don't see the what's in it for me factor being addressed. I only see the what's in it for you factor being addressed. So even though you are being persuasive, remember to be mutually uh, persuasive in a way that the, it benefits both parties. And being persuasive, it means you are being compelling. So much so until it sparks the listener's interest in your idea, interest in your organization, interest in your background, interest in your business. And a lot of times, one way that we can be more persuasive is tell a story. Um, we've got to become great at being our own storyteller of our story. After all, each of us, our lives is a story. And in our stories, there are several chapters in that story. And so telling a compelling story is one way to be persuasive. And there are some storyteller experts out here that provide storytelling services to help you strengthen your storytelling abilities. These stories work well if you are like a keynote speaker or if you are a presenter for a workshop one of the ways that you can open up in a powerful way is by being persuasive through storytelling. So we all have a story to tell, even though most folks feel that they don't, you do have a compelling and persuasive story. So share that and make sure you include that in your elevator speech. The next thing you want to say, you want to talk about your skills, share your skills with the employer Share your skills and ability with the potential client. Your elevator pitch should explain who you are, what qualifications and skills you have. Now, in order to know what those are, you've got to sit down and identify what it is you have to offer and to bring to the table. This is where you try to focus on your assets that add value in many situations. This is your chance to brag about you. You know, we live in a society where folks are taught to be humble, be modest, but when you've worked hard to develop your skills, qualifications, and experience, this is the time to, to brag big about it. Um, but don't sound boastful, <laughs> you know, because sometimes that could be a turnoff. You can do it in a little savvy way, that causes them to see that you're confident in your skills and your ability and your qualifications. Uh, but you certainly want to show them what you have to bring to the table. Now, the next thing to remember with your elevator pitch is to practice, practice, practice. I remember being in school, whether I think it was high school, maybe even elementary, when we began having to get up and uh, do a speech in front of the class. And oh my gosh, most of us, we hated having to get up and present in front of the class. But 
It comes in handy when you've got to get out there and pitch yourself, pitch your business, pitch what it is you have to offer. Because if we are to grow professionally, personally, and uh, in our businesses, we've got to be able to pitch in a way that is compelling and that to the point that it causes people to want to work with us, to the point that it causes people to want to know more. And one of the ways that you can do that in a flawless and beautiful manner is to practice, practice, practice. When we practice, it helps us to feel comfortable about giving the elevator speech. It helps us to feel comfortable about pitching ourselves, pitching our business. And it helps us to, um, you know, get so comfortable until our pitch flows naturally without sounding robotic. Have you ever heard an um, elevator speech and it sounded so robotic? And you were like, oh my gosh, this is all rehearsed. And when you feel that something is rehearsed, even though, even if you practice and do it flawlessly, it was rehearsed. It's just that it didn't feel so rehearsed. But if you're sounding too robotic, people are going to feel like you're not authentic. They're going to feel like you're just reading mentally memorizing a script. So the more you practice, you'll learn to flow naturally with it so that it sounds like you're just having a, a, um, a comfortable conversation with the person. So practice, 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 because it makes it so much easier to deliver it when you're at career networking events, a job interview, or you're pitching a prospective client in your business. Now, when you practice, here are some things to remember. Practicing helps you to organize your thoughts. It helps you to know how to uh, raise your voice, lower your voice, when to move your hand gestures and what have you. So one of the best ways to pay attention to that, first of all, you want to practice your speech out loud. You know, practice out loud with a friend or someone, a family member in the house. Record it so that you can hear how you sound so that you can hear whether or not you are enunciating your words, to hear um, whether or not you are stumbling or you're using the word uh, um, too much. So record it so that you can pay attention to those. This will help you to know whether you're keeping within the time limit as well and whether you're giving a coherent message. Um, sometimes we think we pitched and the receiver of the pitch did not hear a message. They walked away not knowing what you wanted from them. And so we certainly don't want to uh, send an incoherent message to the extent that um, the message was unclear because if the message is incoherent and it's not clear, then chances are we're not going to receive what it is we were trying to obtain from the hiring manager or the potential client. Um, mention your goals, but you don't need to be too specific now, but you do need to mention them. Um, an overly targeted goal isn't helpful since your pitch will be used in many circumstances and with many different types of people. But you do um, remember to say what it is you're looking for because I have seen folks pitch and they go on with the pitch and the person at the end, at the end of hearing it still didn't know. Okay. They're still one. Okay. What it is do you, you want from me? 
because they did not hear it <laughs> in the speech. So you want to be sure to say what it is you're looking for. For example, you may say, well, I'm looking for a role in accounting. You know, you would say something like that if you are talking to um, a recruiter for, let's say, uh, the Pepsi company or what have you, or uh, with uh, the United States Postal Service. If you're looking for a role in accounting, then say that. You know, I know you may first start out talking to the recruiter, just talking about hiring in general and um, what it is you have to offer. And the recruiter is telling you what's available and they feel that you would be a good fit. But you need to close that deal by going specifically to what it is you are after. Ask. I am looking for a role in accounting. Or if you are working with a potential client, um, I would say I am looking for an opportunity to help you grow and achieve your DEI initiatives. And so I have clearly stated what it is uh, I'm after. What is the goal here? Um, you want to be focused in your pitch because you want to uh, walk away what it is with what it is you were after. After all, you only have like 30 to 60 seconds. And so you've got to get it all in there so that you nail it to the extent that it creates an uh, opportunity to move forward to the next step. When you are pitching yourself or, or doing an elevator pitch, know your audience and speak to them. There's nothing worse than not knowing your audience and you are, you know, moving ahead. You are, you know, rolling out that pitch, rolling out that speech. And you're using all this jargon that the person does not understand. If you know that this person is a recruiter and you are using all this jargon, although it may demonstrate your industry knowledge, the recruiter may not be aware of all of that jargon because the recruiter works in HR, whereas the job that you are seeking um, is in the accounting department or the engineering department. And so you want to be careful of using that jargon. Know your audience. You first want to know who they are. If they are the hiring manager uh, that works in the engineering department, then certainly using jargon will help you because it will demonstrate your industry knowledge. But if it's a recruiter who works in HR and you're trying to get hired in the engineering department, then you may want to hold back on using the engineering jargon and just keep your pitch more generic, but yet to the extent that the recruiter is clear about what it is you are after. Um, and you want to make sure you have a business card ready. Now, a business card is a way for you all to keep in contact. It's a way for the person you're seeking an opportunity with to know how to contact you. Now, when you have uh, your business card, you want to make sure your business card is professional. You don't want to give them a business card that's all crinkly and wrinkly and, you know, dirty looking. You want to give them a fresh business card and you want to make sure that that business card reflects who you are in a professional way. If you are a recent graduate, college graduate, I advise you to still have some business cards made and you can have your name, your email address, and just any other relevant information on there. 
And that way, that's like your calling card for them to connect with you. A lot of times, recent college graduates feel like, well, I don't have a business card because I'm not working uh, in an industry yet. But you can go out to Vista Prints, <laughs> which is one of my favorite printing companies. And because they are always having some sort of sale, they're affordable, they do a great job, and you can go out and print you some business cards. For example, my daughter, um, she's into photography and she has a photography business. Now, although when she was in like um, high school, or I think it was, she was in, yeah, she was in college. And she realized that even though she wasn't working for a photography company, she had her own thing. She needed to go and invest in those uh, business cards. Um, and so she saw the need and you can't say, well, I'm not really working for anybody. I'm, if you're working for yourself or you are a recent college graduate, you still need some sort of business card. It shows that you are prepared. It shows that you want to make the best impression. And so make sure that you do that. And certainly always, 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 always have business cards with you. Uh, we went on vacation um, earlier this year and uh, we were in a store there. And one of the business owners of one of the condoms, condo uh, minium's buildings there was asking my husband, where, we, where were we staying? And my husband told him. And so he began to pitch his condo building that he owned and he was really, you know, selling the building, trying to tell my husband, you know, how nice it was. And yes, it's on the ocean front. And so he did all of that pitching. And when it came time to, uh, provide the contact information for my husband to know, you know, where is your business? What was the name of it? The gentleman did not have a business card with him. He didn't even have one in his vehicle. And so as a result, it's like, okay, I don't have anything to help me remember this time next year, who you were, what was the name of your condominium building, you know, to take advantage of your better pricing that he claimed that he could offer. And so therefore, always, always keep a business card in your vehicle. I keep some in my little wallet purse that I carry uh, because you never know. I never know when there's going to be an opportunity to uh, help someone purchase a new home. I never know when there's an opportunity to tell someone about all of the different product and service offerings that I uh, provide because I do provide a number of things. I have diversified my skill set where I can just, you know, do a lot of things to create opportunity and service to those that have a need. So keep that business card handy. It shows that your enthusiasm and it shows that you are prepared. Okay. Now that we've talked about all of that, what are some things you should not say or do during your elevator speech? So we've talked about everything you should do and certainly to bring balance to this I've got to address the things that, sh that you should not say and do because these are the things that could kill the deal and you don't want to do that, especially when you are in front of the person that could help you move to the next step. The first thing, do not speak too fast. 
Although I know pitching is very nerve wracking. Pitching uh, is like job interviewing. And we know that that typically feels like uh, you're like a ball of nerves. You know, you're nervous because you want to say the right thing, make an impression so that you can land what it is you were seeking, which is a job or some sort of new client opportunity. Slow down. Yes, we know you have a lot to say in a short amount of time. But don't try to fix this dilemma by speaking quickly. This will only make it hard for your listeners to absorb your message. And you want them to be able to absorb, to understand, to hear what it is you're saying. So don't speak too fast. And a lot of times when folks get nervous, speaking fast is an indication that they are nervous. And so pay attention to how fast you are speaking. You want them to be able to hear you. You want you, you don't want them to be thinking, what did you just say? Or, oh, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? You want to say it so flawlessly until there is no need to ask for you to repeat it. You want the message to land on them the first time. Next, avoid rambling. This is why it's important to practice your elevator speech. Um, while you don't want to over rehearse, you know, and, you know, end up sounding <laughs> robotic, you want to practice so that you are not rambling. You don't want to appear unfocused or unclear in your sentences. Or if you're rambling, you're going to get off track and then you're going to end up not being uh, laser focused in what it is you are seeking from the recruiter or from the potential client that you are pitching to. So avoid rambling. And remember, that's the whole point of practicing so that your thoughts are organized. And um, when you are talking to the potential recruiter, the um, potential client, you want to be sure to give them an opportunity to interject and respond. Sometimes, have you ever talked to a person and they were so busy? Let's say you were out trying to buy a car or, you know, a telemarketer called you over the telephone trying to pitch their service to you. And I mean, you couldn't get a word in edgewise. And that is frustrating. And it makes you feel like they are so focused on getting what they want out of this deal until they don't care what it is that I have to ask or what it is I have to say. So remember to give them an opportunity to interject. You want this to be like just a calm, open, casual conversation where both parties are enjoying it. And if you're rambling and doing all of the talking, the other person is not going to enjoy it and they're going to feel like you only wanted to hear yourself. So be mindful of that. The next thing, don't frown or speak in a monotone way. You know what monotone sounds like. All If you've ever gone to college, I'm sure you've had that professor that taught the class in a monotone way. <laughs> and they practically put you to sleep. And you're like, oh my gosh, I just, I do not want to go to professor so-and-so's class because they're going to put me to sleep with the way that they talk when they're presenting the, the, the lecture. 
So be mindful of being monotone. Use those voice inflections. And again, that is part of the purpose of rehearsing so that in recording yourself when you're practicing, because you can hear whether or not you sound monotone. Are you putting people to sleep? And you want to come across having like high energy, you know, confident and enthusiastic. But if you are coming across monotone and you're frowning, (laughs) you know, oh my goodness, you know, you're appearing as if this is difficult for you to do and you really don't want to do it. You know, that person that you're pitching to, they're going to be like, okay, well, thank you. I I will take that into consideration. And then they're going to cut it short and move on. Because your presentation is one that is just doesn't have any life or color in it. Modulate your voice to keep the listeners interested. You know, kind of like they do in church sometimes when they're the pastor is preaching a sermon and they will strike up a higher pitch note. And if you were asleep, sometimes it'll wake you up because you've heard that modulation taking place. Um, keep your facial expressions friendly and smile. You know, sometimes smiling is one of those things that we forget to do, but it is definitely a friendly expression. And it helps the person that's receiving your pitch to know that, hey, this is a this is a nice, friendly person. Uh, most folks want to do business and work with people who are friendly. Nobody really wants to work with a person that seems to be mean and unapproachable. So remember that. And next is don't restrict yourself to a single single elevator pitch. You know, you may have a separate pitch for pitching clients and then a separate pitch for pitching to recruiters and employers. Whatever the case may be, make sure that the pitch is specific to what it is you're going after because one single pitch is not going to work for every situation. So be mindful of that, that you may have to have different versions of your pitch depending on what it is that um, you want um, to to go after. So quickly, let's go over a few examples. Okay, so some of the examples of a great elevator pitch. So let's say you are a recent college graduate and you are looking for some work. You're trying to find a job. So here's an example of a great one. You could say something like, I recently graduated from college with a degree in communications and I work on the college newspaper as a reporter and eventually as the editor of the art section. And I'm looking for a job that will put my skills as a journalist to work. Okay, so you see how they introduced themselves. They gave a little bit of background information on their skills and experience, and then they asked for what they wanted. In my second example, it talks about how, let's say you're looking for a career change. So in this one, you would say, I have decades worth of experience in accounting, working primarily with small and mid-sized firms. And if your company is ever in the need uh, of an extra set of hands, I'd be thrilled to consult. Okay. And then my third example, my name is Bob. And after years of working at other dentist office, I am taking a plunge. You know, I'm trying to open my own office. And so if you know of anyone who's looking for a new dentist, I hope you'll send them my way. Okay. 
in all three examples, there was an introduction of who they are, what they've done as far as their credentials. And then they closed out with what it is that they were wanting. So that is the makeup that is the diagram of how to form and develop the perfect the perfect pitch i hope that helps um you land some more clients increase your income land that perfect job that perfect career change all right this is keeler bryson and you have been listening to the teachable life moments with keeler bryson podcast you can follow me on twitter instagram and facebook and if you haven't done so yet go to apple the Apple podcast and rate and review this podcast. I surely would appreciate it. Join me next week for another teachable life moment. And thank you for listening.